Hello and welcome back to the True North CFL podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Leach CFL. I'm James Tees. You can follow me at James underscore T E E S on Instagram. All right. So this episode is going to be a bit more draft centric. It's not going to be necessarily a you know in-depth breakdown but we're, we're gonna be posting our mock drafts and this podcast just kind of go along with that to explain why we made the picks we made and yeah it's gonna be our second mini episode so this episode isn't gonna be as long as some of our other ones and before i forget i'm gonna plug the socials it's usually taylor does that but he's not here so don't forget to go and follow us on facebook Twitter, and Instagram, and you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. So without further ado, let's get into our mock drafts. So the first overall pick in this year's draft, it belongs to Hamilton. And I have them selecting Terrell Janna, a wide receiver out of Virginia. And James, you also have them picking a wide receiver, but a different one. You have them picking Josh Palmer out of Tennessee. So, why Josh Palmer? Well, I personally think Terrell Janna is not a good football player. He only had like 400 yards this year and one receiving touchdown. He's played second fiddle a lot in the Virginia offense. Uh, not even. He only really started this year and wasn't very productive. I have Josh Palmer because. I just, there's something about him I like him. Like, I don't know if he's going to stick in the NFL, even though he had a really good uh, Reese's Senior Bowl showing. Uh, I think it's, you know, I think it's just, he didn't really produce, and Tennessee didn't have a very good quarterback this year. That's why people might be hesitant to get him in the NFL draft. Uh, but I like him in the CFL, you know, six, one and a half, 210 pounds, pretty good. He checks all the boxes for a CFL receiver. And, you know, he if he doesn't get an NFL opportunity, hey, come up in Canada, ball out, maybe go back like his uh, former Tennessee teammate. Uh, I'm trying to forget his – I forget his name at this point. Uh, uh, Kongbo. I think it's who you're Ted thinking Kongbo. of. Yes, Ted Kongbo. Just like him. Play or get a feel for the CFL, then go back, and then they have your rights just in case. That's fair. For me, I have them picking Jana because I think we both identified the same need. They they need a receiver to replace Mike Jones, who no longer with the team. The reason I didn't pick Palmer is because I've heard kind of with, as you mentioned, his senior bowl showing and the fact that what was it? Uh, he had a very good pro day. So I'm hearing rumors he might be either a late or mid-round draft pick in the NFL, so he might be there for a couple years, whereas, or like a full year at the least, whereas Jana might be ready immediately right away to step in and play. Yeah, so, I agree 100%. Jana's not getting an NFL opportunity. I bet my life on it. Yeah. I know it's a little uh, out there to say, but he's not an NFL player. I mean, I watched this film. Uh, he looks very polished as a receiver in terms of what's on tape. I mean, obviously that was from last year where he beat out last year's second overall pick, Dijon Brissett, for the wide receiver job at uh, Virginia. But again, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's definitely not as good as Palmer, but I feel like he's definitely going to be ready, whereas Palmer might take a little while. So. If you're wondering why he's not in my mock draft, that's why. I just think he's going to stick around a little bit. Yeah, he'll definitely get some practice squad opportunities, workouts. But a lot of the what this draft is, is NCAA guys that aren't going to be playing right away. Definitely. like There's going to be some guys that you're going to have to wait a year to see them come and play in Canada. Uh, we'll get to those guys when we get there, but for now, let's move on to the number two pick, which belongs to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We have them selecting the same guy, and you got me hyped on this guy too, Logan Bandy out of the University of Calgary. 
Yeah, Logan, big tackle, 6'5", 290 pounds, getting NFL looks for sure, but he might not stick around. Who knows? He might be like Carter O'Donnell, stick on a practice squad for a few years, and he's better than Carter O'Donnell was in college wholeheartedly. He beat out Carter for first-team All-Canadian spot in 2018. Uh, 2019, he was a second team. That's because he missed one game with a leg injury, which he played with. He's by far the best U Sports O lineman in this draft, and I think he's better than a lot of the NCAA guys in this class, to be quite frank. And he will stick around in the NFL if he's able to put on a little bit more weight. If not, I think he's a media impact starter at the offensive tackle position. Yeah, I feel like he could do that, or the riders that might try to move him into guard because the riders like to. They like their American tackles, but I mean, at the same time, right? Like there isn't really any high-end guards in this draft when I look at things because, you know, Brendan Labatt and Dan Clark aren't getting any younger, so they need to draft some young blood to go and replace those guys in a couple years. And as you mentioned, Bandy's probably the best O-line pick in this draft. So to me, that makes the most sense for him to go to Saskatchewan there. I, I'm wholeheartedly sold on this guy. I think he's better than Mark Corte, who's from U of A, uh, who's a starting left tackle in Ottawa. I know Logan can be a starting tackle in the CFL. Interesting. But I understand the guard uh, comparison, but he's he's 6'5". He can play guard tackle. He can play either, but just he's, he's a leaner built O lineman. So he fits better at tackle with his long arms. Cause he's not above 300 pounds and uh, you don't want to get bullied on the interior. Interior guys are always a lot heavier. Oh, okay. I did not know that. So usually the thinner guys are out tackle generally uh, guys with longer arms. That's why tackle is not necessarily about height. It's a lot of what to do with your arms, uh, okay. how long they are uh, when going against defensive ends and, Guards usually have like are shorter, have the shorter arms because a D tackle is usually shorter and heavier, and it has to do with your center of gravity a lot of the time. Oh. But slender guys will play tackle because you have to be fast for a tackle, and Logan is huge, extremely fast. That's fair. So moving on to the Bombers pick at number three. Uh, I have them drafting Pierre Oliver Lestage out of the University of Montreal, and you have them with Daniel Joseph out of NC State. So let's hear what you have to say. Well, first off, with Pierre, he got absolutely bullied in the UFC Vanier Cup, to be fair. But Jamin Pelly, I've talked about him at nauseum on this podcast. He's going to the NFL when it's his time. Uh, Pierre surprisingly is not that big of a guy. Like if you look at him, he's not very big, but that doesn't mean anything. It's not like he's going to have NFL opportunity. I think he's a CFL guy and I think he could be immediate contributor being from the university of Montreal where, you know, that's just a school that just breeds CFL players like that Laval and UFC are just, they're CFL factories. And I think he could develop into something on the interior, but their line on the interior is looking good. That is a good put, good pick. But I picked Daniel Joseph just because I don't think he's going to get an NFL opportunity, but he's big. He's like a 6'4", 270-pound end, uh, 6.5 sacks at NC State. He originally played at Penn State and transferred, but he, I don't think he declared for the draft. He is a grad uh, graduate student transfer uh, to North uh, Carolina State. But I, he has not declared for the NFL draft, so he is going back for another year. So we'll kind of see how he pans out. That's fair, yeah. I think it was a good move for him to transfer because he, wasn't, he was more of a rotational guy at Penn State, whereas I think he was more of a guy at NC State. And NC State yeah, he was the guy at defensive end there. Yes, he showed up pretty well, so we'll see what happens with him. I haven't mocked not too much far down, but I know Winnipeg, they're kind of looking for some more young blood at that O-line spot. And Lestage is a a decent center prospect for them in the future. Yeah, center guard, you can play both. And then moving on to the BC Lions at number four, 
I have them taking Sage Deoxiter out of New Mexico State, and you have them taking Nelson Lacombo out of the University of Saskatchewan. Uh, to say the least, BC's kind of a mess, that roster, in my opinion. I feel like they could draft anyone from any position, and that'd be a help. But I just feel like a Canadian linebacker like Nelson Lacombo, he will get NFL opportunity for sure considering he was the U-Sports defensive MVP last year. Just a real hitter at linebacker. The Sage Doxeter also brings something. is He is a pure tackle, and it's hard to find a pure Canadian tackle. He's 6'7", 350. Um, <clears throat> I know he's having a spring season pretty soon. Uh, New Mexico State is, I think they, be, I believe they be, began playing this month. Uh He's a good fit. Nelson Lacombo, they're in uh they're both interchangeable, so to speak, but you know, I just don't have faith in Sage. That's just my opinion, just because it's hard uh to find Canadian tackles at Pan out. That's definitely fair. Uh I have them as uh drafting Sage because they've been trying to start a Canadian tackle for a really long time, whether that was Brett Boyko last year or some of the other guys they brought in. So I feel like a pure tackle like Sage would make sense for them to try and bring in and develop as, you know, a tackle for them. Or if he doesn't work out, maybe you see him getting pushed into guard. Highly unlikely with that height. You don't really see guards taller than 6'6", six, 6'5". Six, six, but I will say this, he is 350 pounds. That's a struggle at tackle for sure. Because with that one yard, you have to be quick off the ball. It's not like the NFL where you don't have that yard. And you don't have to rely on your speed off the get with the, with your first kick. Your first kick doesn't... Your first kick has to be a lot more deeper in the CFL. You got to be a lot faster because, you know, there's that space and you want to create time. Makes sense. Let's go on to number five, which is the Edmonton football team's pick. This one, you have them drafting Sage, and I have them drafting Daniel Joseph. We've talked about both these guys, but what's your rationale, more or less, for him going to Edmonton? Well, I know I just shit on him for big, but... No, they love their huge guys, like O'Donnell, who's like 6'9". 370 pounds. They love these big, big O-linemen. And I feel like their O-line's getting a little bit long in the tooth at the tackle position. And, you know, it never hurts to bring young blood in. They already have a Canadian gentleman there who's similar size, who, uh, who was a rookie uh, two years ago because CFL didn't happen last season. Yep. And I feel like you might be able to pair two Canadian tackles. But I kind of see Sage as a project, not an immediate starter. The sometimes guys with high, high upside are worth first round. That's definitely fair. And I have them picking Daniel Joseph here because they have two really good Canadian defensive ends in Matthew Betts and Kwaku Botang. So I feel like having, you know, both of those guys, maybe you want some more depth behind them because there's a, there's a spot open with uh, Nick Usher being gone. So theoretically, you could have two Canadian defensive ends. And if you want to do that, you know, it would make sense to draft another talented, you know, defensive end along with them so, to give them some depth there. So that's why I like Daniel Joseph in Edmonton. I agree that'd be a good pickup, you know, especially with Nick Usher gone, you know, have a nice little rotation of Canadian guys in, and I would not be surprised if he played three tech and gets drafted. Sure. Because Daniel Joseph is about 270 pounds. That's the size of a three tech. Uh, when I say three tech, y'all, I mean like a D tackle that's like head up on the guard or shaded in the gap over. Uh, and like a nose is someone who's head up on the center in the one gap. Sorry if I'm getting too technical for some of you. It's okay. It, we we like that extra bit of knowledge that you bring. So it's always it's always good to kind of hear that and you explain. It's like, oh, that's what that means. That's good. And then let's move on to number six with Ottawa. I have them drafting Liam Dobson out of Texas State. 
And you have them drafting Dean Leonard out of Ole Miss, formerly of the University of Calgary. So, what do you think about those guys? William Dobson, um, or Dodson, I'm sorry if I butcher his name. He's a 6'3", 340-pound guard. He did transfer from Maine uh, to Texas, West Texas uh, because Maine didn't have a season and he wanted more exposure. That's why he went to West Texas. You know, I f- he's the best interior guy, in my opinion, in this draft because I don't see him going to the NFL, even if he goes to Texas State, even though he has had success in college. I just, just isn't like the typical guards you see get drafted. He's like a CFL guy, you know. He's one of these guys, he plays his time in the NCAA. He's good, but he's not good enough for the NFL. But who knows, he could prove me wrong. And then I went with Dean Leonard here because Dean has another year at Ole Miss. So, you know, half of these guys are going back for a year, have NFL opportunities. But I just feel like Dean is going to turn into something good because he started the second half of the season at Ole Miss and had a, a game-saving fumble recovery uh, against South Carolina. And I think Dean, you know, I just have faith in this guy that he's going to end up being an absolute ball hawk next year. And that was my justification because Ottawa is, is, is in the shitter, so to speak. Their roster is horrible besides uh, the gentleman that they got rid of in Toronto for uh, Lang. a million blanks. I'm sorry. Guys. Yeah, I think it's, I think you're thinking of Cleon Lang, a uh, defensive tackle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree. They Ottawa team, they don't really have a ton of high-end skill anywhere. And the reason I have them drafting Dobson is because they lost Evan Johnson, mm-hmm. who was a critical guy for them. He could kind of play anywhere. He was played games at tackle, he played games at guard, and I feel like Dobson can kind of fill that same role. And also an interesting statistic, I believe Ottawa has picked an O-lineman in the first round every year they've been in the league except for one. So, pretty safe bet. Exactly. And then, let's see here. Oh yeah, Dean Leonard, I'm also going to talk about him. Yeah, because I know you told me to look out for him. Yeah, he didn't do much at the start of the year, but he really did pick it up at the end of the year, and he looked really good, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him in this draft. You know, how does scouts view that he didn't do much that first half of the season? Do they, you know, get Oz fired by that second half and draft him? What happens there, you know? Mm -hmm. And then let's move on to number seven, which is the Argos pick. I have them drafting Patrice Rene who transferred to Rutgers, and you have them drafting Mohamed Dialu, I believe is how you say that name, out of Western Michigan. Yeah, he played Juco uh, a few years back, and I remember hearing about, I forgot the guy's name, I was like, oh, this guy from Juco who was Canadian, I never really heard about, signed to Texas A&M to play for Jimbo uh, Fisher. That was Mohamed Diallo. He didn't work out at Texas A&M. So he transferred to Western Michigan, where he only started four games last year. But, you know, you have to sit time out when you transfer. So I feel like he didn't get a fair shake, so to speak. And he is a guy who I think is a baller that could step up because he did have pretty decent sacks. He only didn't start two games at Western Michigan with a condensed season. And he looked fairly decent. I feel like Toronto could use some depth at D-tackle. And it's not like he's going anywhere. He's not getting an NFL shot. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he does have another year at Western Michigan, so we'll see how this pans out. And with Patrice Rene, I think he's an NFL guy. He started tons of games at North Carolina, but, you know, got her kind of lost his starting spot to a young recruit who was a five-star. You know, are you going to start an aging vet or a five-star who has a bunch of years left? You're going to go with the five-star instead of a guy who has an injury history. I think he's going to do well at Rutgers, and I think he will see an NFL opportunity, depending on how he plays at Rutgers. But if he declared based on his North Carolina, I think his draft stock would have been pretty good for the NFL. But I, he's one of these guys I don't see coming to the CFL immediately. 
probably in a couple of years. That's fair. Uh, for me, I knew that, uh, you know, again, Toronto, they have a DB in, I believe it's Matthew Botang, who yeah. has kind of been in limbo between that DB and that safety position. With a guy like Renee, he could, you know, that, uh, Botang could be a nice backup for him. Uh, he definitely did have a ton of NFL interest until he got that, I believe it was an Achilles injury in North Carolina, and obviously that all dried up. So he's transferring. It'll be interesting to see how he performs at Rutgers. Yeah, he's a big guy. I couldn't see him sliding to linebacker if they did Patrice Renee. Yeah, true. He looks like a Sam, like with how big he is. I could see him going down and playing that spot. Because Sam, especially now, it's looking more like a hybrid position between like a DB and a linebacker. So Yeah, it's like, just a cover linebacker, basically. Yeah, so I feel like a guy like Renee might fit that mold kind of well. And then, number eight, this pick belongs to Calgary. I have them picking Muhammad Dialu, who we just talked about. And you have them drafting Terrell Janna. So let's just talk, because we talked about both these guys again, so let's talk about our reasoning for this. I have Terrell Janna going here because the Stamps need receiver depth because they lost a bunch like Eric Rodgers to Toronto. That guy's walk, you know, when they were playing in 2019. It was apparent they needed receiver help because all they had was an Eric Rodgers and Hergie Mayala. Mayala is going to be unreal. Find up, pair him with another guy who's one of these NCAA guys who didn't have a crazy good career who could come up here and ball and make a name and make some money in the NFL. That's my reasoning. I just don't think he's worth that number one spot because he's not the best prospect. That also might be why he deserves the number one spot because he's not good enough for the NFL. Exactly. That's my mythology. He's a really polished receiver, so I think if you put him in Calgary with Bo, that, that could be a very scary combination, or even in Hamilton with Mazzoli, but yeah, that's kind of my reasoning, too, is like he, he could be really dangerous in the CFL, because he can kind of play right away, but with a guy like Palmer, you're, you're probably going to have to wait for him, so I guess it depends on your patience. Yeah, Calgary's got some good Canadian Content at receiver with uh, Herjie Mayal is an absolute monster. I think they had one or two other guys too. Yeah, Michael. Who were really Kukurs. good. Mm-hmm. And then I had them drafting Dealer because I feel like they could use a bit more Canadian, I guess, depth on the in the interior. So well, to back up maybe Derek Wigan. They have Desjardins from Laval. They just drafted. Oh yeah, that's um, true. The gentleman from McGill, who's an unreal, who's unreal in college. He was like Aaron Donald in college, Canadian college, so to Ooh. speak. He was, he was the best D tackle. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. I can't remember his name and though. Spinette Spalding. Oh yeah, we did talk about him last year. Yeah, I could definitely see. You know, maybe they start two Canadians, so maybe that works too. Maybe they just add some more depth there. But definitely, I don't know. Yeah, Calgary's got some good defensive tackles, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. So at number nine, this is Hamilton's pick because Montreal traded this pick. So if you're wondering why, you know, there's two Hamilton picks here, that's why. I have them drafting Christopher Fournier. Offensive lineman out of Lehigh, and you have them drafting Benjamin St. Jude, who's a DB slash safety out of Minnesota. Yeah, Benjamin St. Jude, he's probably going to get drafted in the third round of the NFL draft, realistically, but so are a lot of the guys in the first round, they're going to be late round picks. But honestly, realistically, I don't think we're going to have a CFL season. So why not go in on dudes who are b- going to be boomer bust in the NFL and may need a CFL to develop? Why not just go in? Like, in my opinion, I feel like this draft doesn't need 
matter because I don't think we're having a season. I'm kind of going off my Interesting. own right here. Okay. But I'm saying <clears throat> just go in on guys you want. Go in on the guys you want. Who cares? The U Sports guys that are that you that are people aren't. Oh, they're not going after them because they didn't play NCAA. You know what? These guys are going to be around in the late rounds, so why not just blow your early round pick on some some guys who might not even be there? Then you can pay these U Sports guys peanuts. Okay, that's fair. I do think I'm on the other end of that. I do think we're going to get some form of a season. I don't think it's going to be an 18 game season, but I think maybe we'll have something in August, September, once most people are vaccinated. So I think we differ on that, but I definitely have heard that talk a lot that there's might not be a season, and that's a scary thought if that happens again. Yeah, you know they rely on fans and. No fans, they're not making money, so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. But I'm just saying this because a lot of these guys are going back for a year and don't have a season. It doesn't really matter. Draft pick. Yeah, and, that's you know, true. U Sports is going to have a season. I promise you that. Yeah. And these guys are going to be playing the U Sports guys, and they're going to be ready for when that CFL show comes back. I'm telling you. Sure. I I hope again that we do have a season, but. You never know, right? Like, we thought we might have a bubble last year, but we didn't. So, you know. And then back to our mock here. I have Fournier because Chris Van Zyl isn't getting any younger. This guy was a multi-year starter at tackle uh, at Lehigh. So, again, you know, it checks off the boxes if, you know, in a couple years Van Zyl is ready to hang it up. You have a tackle who can come in and, you know, take his spot in a year or two, you know. So that's why I have them drafting this guy there. And even if he doesn't work out a tackle, he's got experience at center as well. So. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I've never heard of this guy. That's fair. That's fair. I, I found him. When I was doing my mocks, I consulted some of the already existing ones to find guys. Because in the top 20 list that the Scouting Bureau has, probably about five of those guys are going to get serious NFL shots. So you can't really... It leaves you with some holes, I guess. So you gotta go and look at what other people are saying to go and fill those holes. So he's a guy that I looked at and said, alright, you know. Multi-year starter at tackle. That's impressive, you know? Yeah, he, well, he played FCS. He's a guy for... That's not big. Weight-wise, weight-wise, that's very light for an O-lineman. Many guys exceed 300 pounds. That's fair. And then, so let's go to round two. This is our first Montreal Alouettes pick. I have them drafting Alonzo Day out of West Virginia. And then you have them drafting Pierre Oliver Lestage out of Montreal. I like that pick because Danny Machocha is now the GM at uh, Montreal. And he used to, I believe, be the coach at the U of M. So he's been picking up a lot of U of M guys in free agency. So I, li- okay. I like that pick. Grow, grow hometown talent. That's why I have my next pick, I have him going Calgary, hometown talent. Besides it making sense, but, <clears throat> you know, I just feel like don't, here's, I said he's small. Okay, he's not that big, he's not that small, but relatively speaking, but football terms, he's not a crazy big dude, but he, dude, but he is very skilled, but I feel like take your most skilled guys in the first round. That's what, that's what you got to do. And, Alonzo Day, oh my god, I watched some West Virginia games this year, and I was like, this guy is playing out of his mind. He was clearly the best DB on the field on that team. Some of his picks are crazy that he got. Uh, I think he had a crazy one against Texas. I might be mistaken, <clears throat> but he played out of his mind, and he's going back for years. He's going to get an NFL shot, but it is safe to have him because I, I don't think he's going to be like a crazy high pick. Because realistically, in the NFL, you're drafted like super late. There's a good chance you get cut. So, or only last a few. That's fair. Uh, 
I did hear a lot of buzz about him, and I feel like Montreal, they definitely have some holes in their secondary with Siante Evans going off to Hamilton, so he's a guy that definitely has the skill to fill that spot if he finds his way to Canada. And Montreal also took a shot at Carter O'Donnell, so I can see them doing it again here. Yeah, uh, well, Carter's a tackle, and he uh, the Colts re-signed him this free agency. Oh, good. Yeah, it's a little bit of a bigger deal. I think he makes the active roster this. Have you understand? I know you're a Colts fan, so you probably know their needs better than I do. How are they at tackle? Well, they have no left tackle. Uh, he just retired, Anthony Costanzo. But besides that, last year I'd like they had the best O line. They have the best guard in the NFL, Quentin Nelson. Yep. They have a top four center, Ryan Kelly. The right guard sucks, but they have a guy who's like Carter's best friend on the team, according to Instagram, Danny Pinter, who's kind of getting set up to fill that role when they don't want Glowinski. And then they have a top 10 right tackle in Braden Smith. But, you know, Carter just needs a little bit more time to develop. Like, jumping from U Sports to the Indianapolis Colts is huge. For sure. You know, he might develop to something, but <clears throat> they do love their depth on the old. Okay, that's good. So hopefully he gets to stick around then. And let's go to our next pick here. Who does that belong to? That belongs to Calgary. I have them drafting Deshaun Stevens, who's listed as a linebacker, but projects as a CFL defensive end out of Maine. And then you have them drafting Tyler Packer, an offensive tackle out of Calgary. I have not heard of uh, him at all, so you're going to have to enlighten me on him. So, the gentleman out of Maine, I could see him playing DN because he's pretty big. Because DNs in the CFL are like 6'1", 40. He's a big guy. He's like, what, 255, 250? Yeah. I could definitely see him being an edge rusher. Guess what? Get you a guy that's versatile that can play both. Because if he's athletic to play linebacker that size in the States, good shot he can play linebacker up here. And I think that's a tremendous pick. And you take him in the second round because he's a safe pick. So, Tyler Packer here. Tyler Packer, so he's a four-year starter on the Dinos. Oh. Andy, as a freshman, uh, was a backup. But that's because he came in pretty skinny. Tyler's huge. I played against him in high school. I didn't hit my full potential till like, the 12th grade, but I played him in the 11th grade, and this guy was, like, 6, 7, 130. Oh, my God. That's nuts. He's, yeah, he's a big boy, so... A four-year starter, too. That's impressive. Yeah, I'll have to keep my eye on him. Was... One again. Oh, say again? He's a right tackle. He's a right tackle. All right. Calgary's biggest need is a right tackle because Kasadi is a turnstile. I have no idea how he got re-signed. <laughs> Combrey Williams, left tackle, and then center, Sean McEwen, right guard, the gentleman from Calgary, I don't want to butcher his last name, so I'm not even going to attempt it. <laughs> Ryan Seaver. I always think it's Skeever or Seaver. And oh, then yeah. Packer at right tackle or let him develop. He in twenty seventeen, he went up against Matthew Betts when they played Laval, which they lost, and he looked pretty good. He looked decent as a rookie, but he started every single game at Calgary at right tackle. And then all star, you know, he's a very solid guy. He's never been an all-Canadian like the first team I know of. Bandy's just built different, but Packer is still one of the best tackles in the country. It's interesting, That's yeah. Best right. Bandy's left, he's right. Oh, okay. The Dinos are losing every single starting alignment to the CFL draft. Wow. That's going to be interesting for them next year, for sure, then. Hey, they can all come back for a year. Another thing to add on Stevens, I know uh, apparently someone in Calgary said, said they intend to start one Canadian defensive end with the guy they got last year probably being the starter and uh, Connor McGough probably backing him up. I feel like Stevens might be some nice additional depth at that spot. Isaac Edyemi uh, Berglund, man, I watched his highlights against LSU. I was kind of bummed about the pick. 
And I saw him just working guys against LSU and sacking Joe Burrow two times and hammering him. Yep. He was just too small for the NFL, bro. I think he's going to be something good. I got hyped, but you know, I could be a prisoner of the moment. That's my own team. But objectively speaking, I didn't realize how good he was. I'm the fact that he's ripping it up against LSU, I mean, that's a good thing for sure. And them saying they want to start a defensive end who's Canadian, that's also really good news for him. So hopefully he does turn into something. Then let's get on to the third pick in the second round, which belongs to the Argos. I have them drafting uh, Benjamin St. Jude here, who we already talked about, and then you have them drafting Patrice Rene, who we also already talked about, so let's kind of go into our rationale here. Well, to be quite honest, both of those guys are kind of NFL opportunity guys. That's why they dropped the second. They were sure shot CFL guys be in the first round, no doubt. They're so skilled, both of them. St. Juice ripped it up against Penn State, Michigan last year, and this year ripped it up against him again. He's been lights out. You know, he did transfer from Michigan a few years ago. Playing too good. Came to Minnesota, fresh start, NFL-looking guy. That's why he, they're second-round guys. That's why mine differs, because I don't really care where the placement is. I feel like in this draft, you draft the best player available or fits the needs, who's the best of their But I get what Jimmy Leach here is doing, but putting him in the second round, because he has high NFL hope. True. And I feel like Toronto, with the way they've been signing guys this offseason, they like to make splashes. and. I mean, they do also need a starting safety. So, I mean, if, you know, for whatever reason it doesn't work out for him in the NFL, you know, there's a spot for him in Toronto for sure. And then, yeah, I, I like I like the Renee pick too again because I, I also had him mocked in Toronto but in the first round for, and I've already kind of explained my reasons there. So let's jump ahead here to the fourth pick in the second round, which belongs to Ottawa. I have them taking Nick Cross uh, out of the UBC. And then you have them taking Liam Dobson out of Maine here. So why don't you talk about these guys? Well, I will say this. Cross is a crazy linebacker who I could see like a starter maybe immediately or at least a control not getting sent back. If I'm not mistaken, he had a suspension at one point. Same with a lot of linebackers like Grant McDonald got busted for PE. Um, no shocking that a lot of these guys failed drug tests, and ironically, that's both UBC, UBC linebackers who keep hot. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, as I digress, um, you know, OL Reigns King, offensive line, Reigns King, draft, that's what OL means. Uh, that's why Ottawa's got to take. They need to fill gaps on their O line, and hey, let's have an all Canadian O line on the Red Blacks. Yeah, yeah. That, that's fair. what I like. And that, but then with Cross, you know, I also need linebacker help big time. Even though they have Micah Ah, but maybe bring this guy in. Ah mentors him. I know Ah hasn't been in the league a long time, but he's a solid, player who has valuable knowledge. And maybe groom him where he can play beside him. I feel like Cross could play Mac and outside linebacker. Probably not Sam. It's, like being a cover linebacker in the CFL, you got to be a deep. Yeah, for me, uh, I've known about Nick Cross forever because he was in high school at the same time I was, and he's a very well-known guy in Saskatchewan football because he played at Labolas, who produces a ton of CFL players. So everybody was like, hey, keep an eye on this kid. He's going to be something special, and he's an athletic freak. So. I definitely think he's going to be a very kind of mobile will linebacker. I think that's probably what he projects to be in the CFL. And with Ottawa losing, I believe it's Avery Williams and Kevin Brown in free agency, I feel like Micah Awe fills that one spot and Nick Cross goes and fills the other. With that picks. That's kind of my methodology there. Yeah, I agree. You know, they're very slim pickings. I'm surprised Michael all went there. Yeah, man. 
It, maybe he didn't like that I was grading Ottawa too low, so he just he decided to go and sign there, you know? Make him pay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I saw him commenting on our Instagram post, like, oh, really? This grade? I'm like, oh, no! <laughs> it's like, alright. I doubt you listen to this, but I appreciate you interacting with us. Big fan. Isn't it Micah Awe, or is it Awe? I don't even know. I haven't heard a CFL broadcast in so long. I know. We're very deprived here at the podcast. I believe it's Micah Awe, but if if I'm saying it wrong, please correct me if you're listening to this, Micah Awe. So, yeah, I'm dyslexic. Not actually. That was a bad joke. It's like it's like Mike Edom. Uh, I guess how you say his name is Edom? That's or, what I thought it was Mike Edom. Yeah, it's Mike Edom or Edgem or something like that. Like, there's a different pronunciation, and it's that other pronunciation. It's not actually Mike Edom. No, that's like last year, DeCroix. I was just butchering it. Last year, I think multiple people on the podcast are saying, like, DeCroix, because they're just a bunch of Western hillbillies. Yeah. I'm just saying that's like the stereotype. We, We don't have a single person from out east that works on this podcast. The furthest east we have for a person that works on this is some manitoba kids otherwise it's you know james is a bird boy taylor and i are from saskatchewan and then editor brandon and our other host carter are from manitoba so yeah this is a very western centric podcast just so you know <laughs> don't care about football unless it's like hamilton yeah like well, Ottawa's got a decent fan base, but I mean, they're in a yeah, rough spot right now. Yeah, it's a, it's also kind of a big city. Hamilton, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, we still eventually get that tenth team way down the road because Halifax is a nice sports town. I know the Halifax Mooseheads is very have a very devoted fan base in terms of. And it's a big enough city, definitely, to support a team. So I do hope we get that 10th team and hopefully another good fan base out east. Like a team like Mount A and SMU, they get pretty good turnouts for teams out east who aren't in crazy. True. The the biggest issue with having a team out east is there's no, like, infrastructure for stadiums other than Moncton. And Moncton's yeah. in a nice spot, but it alone definitely couldn't support a team. So it's like you have to, you're gonna have to build a stadium somewhere. Like Halifax is the obvious one. I don't know how many other major cities. Maybe St. John and Newfoundland could support a team, but those are really the only two. No. Yeah, it's their population so dispersed out there. It's not true. So let's move on to the fifth pick in. Round two, which is Edmonton's. I have them with Nelson Lacombo out of the U of S, and then you have them with Alaric Jackson out of Iowa. Oh, that's an interesting pick. Let's let's hear your reasoning on that one. If Alaric came to the CFL right now, he'd be CFL offensive lineman in my opinion. Ooh, that's a take. That is a take, man. He's pretty good. He's like a a three-year starter, left tackle at Iowa. Iowa's, like, known for their O-linemen. That's yep. where uh, Tristan Wirfs came, the starting right tackle on the Bucks. He was there last year as a starting right tackle. Yep. And it's just like, with Ulrich, he, got out. he did not look good in senior bowl in his one-on-ones. He looked slow for the level, and he's not a crazy heavy guy. He's, like, 6'5". That's not like crazy heavy for an O lineman. It'd be different if they're like, oh, he's 350 pounds, but he doesn't have like crazy good foot speed. But the thing is, you bring him to the CFL. I know I'm like, you got to be faster, but yeah, he played at Iowa. He'd beat everyone. Okay. He, he'd beat on everyone. But he does have a good opportunity to be like a third round pick and switch to guard and be a competent guard in the NFL. I just feel like you take this pick because, you know, if he doesn't fit, you're getting yourself like the best offensive lineman in the CFL. I'm yeah. Telling he's been on the all Big Ten team before. He's a competent player. Yeah, he's so, good. He might not translate to the NFL, but well, I'm telling you, CFL, he'll tear it up. 
I don't doubt that at all. I remember uh, before the college season started, he was projected to be like a, I think it was a third round pick, what I looked at, and I know he's lost some steam since then, but he's still, you know, fairly, he's still definitely going to get drafted, so it'll oh, be yeah. interesting to see what happens senior there. Bowl, if the Senior Bowl did him no favor. Interesting. Yeah. That's, I don't know, the Senior Bowl, I, again, I didn't see everything. I know Josh Palmer had, like, absolutely burned guys on one-on-ones, and you know, St. Jude did a good one. I, yeah, I didn't hear anything about a Larry Jackson, so that's interesting that he didn't have that good oh, of a Senior Bowl. That's where careers are made, go to go to thrive or die, so to speak, you know? Like, people were, weren't sold on Justin Herbert, played in the Senior Bowl last year, and tore it up. You know, it helps a lot of guys draft stock, but he didn't even play in the game. He got injured. And oh, one on ones, he had like a few good one on ones, but majority of his reps at one on ones, he looked sluggish and not very good. Oh, that's not good. Then. Yeah, I have them drafting Lacumbo here because uh, Edmonton lost Godfrey Onyeka, who's like, again, like a DB linebacker hybrid, kind of like Lacumbo is. And he's got. Is it his brother or a cousin that plays in the CFL right now? His brother played at Oregon. They played for uh, yeah, Alistair. Yeah, he, he's super good, and Nelson is also a very talented player out of the U of S. Uh, he's a freak athlete from what I know. Again, like his brother, he can probably play a bit anywhere. Like They both can probably play DB, safety, linebacker. So Yeah, he just fills so many holes. I feel like that's you know, can't really pass that up here, so I think Edmonton would definitely be interested in a guy like that. Yeah, for sure. I feel like he fits in on any linebacker. Sure. And then, let's go to the sixth pick in this round, which belongs to BC. I have them drafting Grant McDonald, linebacker out of Calgary, and then you have them also drafting Grant McDonald. There we go. All right. So, so what do you first think of him? He's from South Delta, BC. You know, hometown kid. You got to get your hometown guys. Played tight end at Maine. Transferred to the Dinos. Played linebacker. Immediate starter. All Canadian. Failed drug test. Good starter. Failed drug test. Get one failed drug test. I'm just emphasizing that. Yeah. No, I think he's a good guy. He's... He's a real hitter. He can play Mac in that system, outside linebacker. He's really athletic considering he played tight end in Division One football, even though he didn't really have the height to back it up. But then again, he was playing at uh, football uh, subdivision. It's yep. not uh, FBS, and that's full, uh, full subdivision. That means Cincinnati, so what he was in. But okay. I feel like that's a good pick because he's not getting NFL opportunities. So let's pick him up here. You know, he's going to be a contributor immediately on team. And I will say this, just as we near the end of this segment, you know, I did not put Chuba or Eamon on here, uh, Eamon Abemimiga, only because I think they're NFL guys and Javon Holland. Javon Holland is a projected first-round pick now. Yeah, I saw that. You showed me a mockery as top 10. I'm like, wow, all right. Jones Drew has him top 10 because he's such a crazy athlete. He's from Port Coquitlam, uh, British Columbia. That's why I don't have like a guy like John Holland Heyman, and Chuba because I feel like, you know, they're going to get NFL opportunity. I know I put guys who are going to get NFL opportunity here, but I just felt like I just have more faith in them. Yeah. And also, it's just, I don't know, man. I just think they're too good. CFL. Yeah, it's sort of like Chase Claypool last year. I don't think any of us mocked him in the higher rounds because we knew he was a guy that was going to stick. And I feel like both of those two that you mentioned are definitely going to stick around for a little bit. I think uh, Chuba's stock kind of fell a little bit, but yeah. I think he's going to surprise some people when he gets to play. And then Aben, same deal. Yeah, he had no good quarterback, and that O line was kind of a mess. 
But the thing is, Javon Hall and Chubin Amon are all multi-year starters. Half of these guys aren't full-time multi-year starters that are in the NCAA that we mocked. Or like they didn't, or if we did, they did not have like a- adequate production. You know what I mean? Like these guys adequately produced and were very good at their position. The thing is, St. Juice got hurt halfway, only played half the year because he got hurt. But I still think he's an NFL guy. But I just think there's questions just because his sample size is so small where he has missed time because of injury. This is just my reasoning. I'm just going more in depth on it. And like, I have a guy like Ulrich here only because, you know, if he doesn't work out in the NFL because of tackle, because he can't play tackle, you know, that's why he's there. That's my justification. Second round. It's fair for sure. Um, Let's go to our next pick here. I have Winnipeg drafting Dean Leonard out of Old Miss, and then you have let's face here. Oh, you have Patrick Davis out of Syracuse here. So why don't you talk about these guys? Patrick Davis is awful. He's never started a university game at the University of Syracuse. <laughs> I absolutely hate NCAA guys that don't play and then have a first round projection. I just have him here. Not because I think he's gonna be good. I have him here to based on the school he went to and not because it's actually skilled. That's fair, harsh, but I get the reasoning. And then for me, I had Dean Leonard here because, again, he might be a guy that you need to wait on, but the Bombers can definitely do that because they have a ton of Canadian depth. And they are another team like Montreal that has a ton of holes in their secondary. Hmm. So I could totally see... You know, if Dean Leonard finds his way to the CFL, he could be a great player for Bombers for years to come. Yeah, he just didn't reach the NCAA in time. You know, he has the talent. It's just hard when you have a small sample size of him. And just like Patrick Davis, like, this guy couldn't play tackle or guard, but like, if historically speaking, if you look, at the CFL, these NCAA guys that don't play play a lot, they don't turn out to be crazy good uh, prospects. Like the guy from Missouri who was drafted by Montreal. I'm, I'm trying to remember his name. I forget guys' names all the time because there's such high turnaround in the CFL of guys. Great. I'm not sure either. Mizzou. He was a D-end. Um, oh, Mizzou. Oh, something Anderson. Yeah. Like, this yeah. guy's not good. Didn't, didn't do crap and college and not doing much in the cfl it's you get here that's the same with the d dn d tackle from michigan i don't think he's gonna be good these guys don't play for a reason and yeah I'm saying, like i'm not saying they're bad football players but when you don't play you're not getting real experience you know? yeah i remember the kid from michigan we talked about him in more of our in-depth prospect analysis we did a while back uh he was a four-star coming out of high school, but he had some serious injury issues. So he's just that been was, more of a rotational guy in Michigan. So that's why St. Juice transferred. Yeah, um, that's why Joseph transferred. So it'll be interesting to see if he does the same thing. A lot of these guys are all—they all come from the same sujet in Montreal. It's called something de Montreal. I can't even say it. My roommate's from Quebec. Played. He's played against some, like you know. Some of these guys, like Patrick Davis, I don't even know the Sujet, but they all come from one school, and it's like a deep powerhouse in money. Oh, interesting. I know there's some prep schools in Canada that a lot of the guys go to, and then they go down south. I don't know the name of it. It's Canada West in St. Andrews College. That's where um, Merchant went uh, before he left Calgary, because Merchant, uh, when he played in Calgary, an awful high school, but school got his opportunity in Buffalo. Like that's the thing, like Sujet, tons of guys go NCAA, you know? Like wow. uh Vanier College, a bunch of guys go there and then go to Syracuse or Illinois. I've heard of Vanier College, but I, I remember it for uh basketball. They had a guy uh go to the NBA this year. Yeah, yeah. It's cause the thing is with Vanier it's English speaking, so guys who aren't ready, they want to go NCAA but aren't ready. They go there because you can play sports and go to school. And that's why Vanier has like a lot of guys who are from Calgary that I know or are from all over Canada because it's an English-speaking school in Montreal. 
Yeah, I have a friend he who's an O lineman uh, at Concordia. I think he's there. For, I think they're an English speaking school too. So I think that's why he ended up there. Super nice, talented guy. So I hope both he and you can make something of it. Cause both got some skill. No problem, man. I, I just hope you guys get a season next year. Like I want to, I want some football. You know. Yeah, just some three down football. Yep, three down full. That's all I'm asking for, man. Come on, like I'll I'll watch you sports next year for sure. I don't care, you know. And then let's go to the second last pick of the second round, number eight. This belongs to Saskatchewan. I have them drafting Connor Bergloff, who's an O lineman out of the U of S, and you have them drafting Deshaun Stevens out of Maine. I have Deshaun Stevens here because, you know, with the departure of Charleston Hughes, he can rush the passer, he can play linebacker with the departure of Cam Judge. You know, a lot of that defense, a lot of their key contributors have left, and I feel like he can be an immediate impact guy. Um, and then the gentleman Bergloff, he's good. Like, U of S is going to just create sicko linemen. That's what they're known for. Yep. But I just don't see him going this high because I feel like you're going to get these guys that trickle down. Like, one of the top youth sports guys are going to go at the top, but these, like, guys who in most years would go a lot higher are going to drop a lot just because of that NCAA interest, like with all the NCAA guys. That's definitely fair. I feel like the Riders could use a guy like him, though, because, again, they lost... Uh, or Clark is... You know, Clark's not getting any younger, and this guy can play both center and guard. And uh, their other guy who is a center that was basically the the future replacement, I think something Bennett, he played at Colorado, uh, he retired. So I feel like bringing in a, a young Canadian, a local boy out of the U of S, you know, very Ryder story there. And then let's go to the last pick of the second round. I have Hamilton picking up Patrick Davis out of Syracuse. And you have Alonzo Adai here. So we've talked about both of those guys. What's your kind of reasoning here for that one? Because Alonzo's an NFL caliber player who has one more left where they're going to play a full season of Big 12 football and he's going to ball out again and he's going to prove an NFL guy, but just in case. It's a just-in-case pick, maybe in four years. Comes back to Hamilton and balls out. And I feel like the interior line, even though Davis could play tackle, he backup tackle at Syracuse. Syracuse's left tackle is starter huh. uh, from the same area of Quebec. I think the one played at uh, Champlain, the other one played at Montreal, whatever it's called. Yeah. And um, uh, I don't. I get your reasoning for Davis pick, an NCAA kind of award, but they have a very solid interior O line. Sure. A lot of their O line is aging, but they do have the guy from Waterloo, uh, who was drafted in the first round, who's going to probably kick the start. They already have a starting guard uh, from the guy from UC, been starting at right guards. Oh yeah, Darius Soraco, isn't it? Yeah, Soraco. Oh, yeah, he's a stud. Yeah, he's from Ontario. I, I always forget these guys' names. It's all good. I got a decent. I got a decent thing for names, but I mean, I don't remember everybody. But I'm sure. I'm sure they'll come to all of us when we're done here and be like, "Oh, yeah, that was his first name," you know. But yeah, I remember the school more than I do. I just remember him being like a pleasant surprise. Like he. Yeah. People were saying he was going to be a project, and he came in his rookie year and was an absolute stud. Shocked. That, the- that's how I remember him. I didn't even look it up. Jesse Gibbons. Oh, yeah! I forgot about him, too. I forgot about last year's draft because we didn't have a season, you know? No? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of these guys are going to... We're definitely going to miss some guys or maybe we'll get some needs wrong because then last year just it, it feels like a blur, you know? And then, now that we're done our mock, let's do some notables that, you know, might slip up or 
guys that you think deserve a shout out? Like, I know you had a bunch of your teammates get drafted last year. Is there anybody who's up for this year's draft? Luther Hakunova. I I can't even say his last name. It's so long. He's originally from Edmonton, played Edmonton Wildcats. 6'5", 200-pound receiver. Bass and he's strong. He's uh, going to the National Conference, so look out for him. He's huge. He led our team receiving touchdowns and receiving yards last year. And uh, <clears throat> I think he's he's going to go to the CFL. Uh, huge guy. And you don't see 6'5 guys in the CFL. And then another one of my teammates is Javon Barrett. He's at the National Combine. One of my best friends on my team. So I'm kind of shouting him out because of that. But, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 340-pound guard. Runs like a, a five. By flat 40, he's going to put up 30 on the 225-pound press. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's a real athlete, and he can move, and I hope he does well. You know, a lot of you sports guys didn't really declare, but I will say this. Look out for a lot of UFC's linemen. The left guard, he didn't get invited to the combine, but he's 6'7", 360 pounds. Oh. Um, yeah, he's huge. He actually worked at my work. Still in Calgary card to move. Uh, he's, he's huge. And then their right guard, who's better, who's not as big, he's like 6'200. And his name is, um, and it's slipping away from me. He's an Italian guy. Um, I'm trying to remember his name, but he's their, their better guard. It's like absolutely nasty and slipping me. I'm so is his, sorry. Is he like born in Italy? Because maybe he's a global then. Or No, he's not. He's not. I'm trying to remember. Oh, like heritage, you mean. Okay. If you uh, you think on that, I'm going to drop some names while you think about that. Uh, thank you to 3Down Nation and CFL.ca who also had mock drafts uh, and they kind of helped with some of these later picks and getting familiar with some people. So, uh, some shout-outs here and some notables. Uh, receiver Will Corby out of Toronto has had some buzz. Um, where was he from? Uh, yeah, again, University of Toronto. I think I saw him on an Instagram page called True North Ballers. Go check them out. They, they make a lot of good prospect content as well. Um, Dominic Johnson. Uh, wide receiver slash tight end out of Buffalo. He was originally a quarterback, and then he ended up switching positions, but big dude, good athlete, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, I believe you mentioned this guy, Peter Nicastro out of Calgary. Yes, that was him, Peter. And Carter did get invited to the comment. I'm wrong, yeah, Peter. Yeah, I've trained with him a little bit. Man, this guy is like rock solid 300. Like, does not look 300. Yeah, he's he's on a list of the three down guys here that have you know they have a list of notables as well. Uh, Lol Giovan is that Michigan uh, defensive end we were talking about. I honestly think he'd be best off to wait a year and transfer uh, because again he came up he came out of high school hype. He was a four star recruit, but he just simply ran into injury trouble and couldn't hold a starting job. So. That's a guy that I hope, you know, he waits a little bit and, you know, basically does what Daniel Joseph does and, like, wait a year and go produce somewhere else and then declare. So, yeah, I think those are... Oh, wait, I got to shout out the University of Regina Rams player, uh, Kyle Borsa. Uh, you were talking about this in the group chat, James, because you saw his arms, right? We're like, oh, that, those aren't you sports arms. Those are like. I said, yeah, it, he looks like an NCAA running back. I yeah. said, this guy does not look like look like a, a you sports type of guy, but there's a reason for it. Yeah, he got a PED suspension. Um, ran a 4.38 at his pro day. That's pretty good, but he could be a guy who's a later round pick at running back. Again, like yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at his arms right now. Like, holy crap, those are geez, man. You know, I know they were. There was some joking about oh, he's going to go the bombers and pair up with Andrew Harris because they both had PED 
uh, issues, but you know, uh, yeah, he, I know he's probably one of the better players from the U of R, so I gotta, I gotta shout him out there as fellow U of R, uh, student, so, yeah, uh, that wraps the show up. Oh, Thank I got you. one more. Oh, okay, hit me. Simaconda, D3 tech, he played D-tackle and D-end at, uh, Guelph, except he actually transferred to Carleton uh, because uh, a lot of stuff came out about Guelph's head coach, former UFC coach, about some racial sensitive comments. Uh, yeah, uh, that that stuff is out there. That's why Elaine left. Uh, Elaine is very good. He was better than his teammate, Tavius Robinson, who went to Ole Miss. But the difference is Elaine is 6'2", 240. He's not 6'9", 270. Yeah, so I remember so Robinson. He looks like a Canadian Willie Jefferson in terms yeah, of his size. So that concludes the show. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, this episode we ran on a little longer than I expected, but I mean... That tends to happen with draft episodes because we're both so passionate about it. So, yeah. Uh, th- this is our mock draft episode going into depth on our mock draft that we're going to post. And if you're wondering why we made the picks we did, you have a really long explanation of why we did it. <laughs> so, again, thank you very much for listening. You can find our us on... Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search True North CFL Podcast. You can also find the show uh, and listen to it if you don't want to listen to it on YouTube or whatever platform you found us on. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And I am your host, Jimmy Leach. This is the True North CFL Podcast signing off. Bye.